Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. This week we're going with part two of the Scorpions. And basically where we left off was Uli just left the band after the release of Tokyo Tapes. They were looking for a new guitar player in England. They auditioned hundreds of dudes. They didn't really find a guy. They went back home. They remembered, you know, Matthias, who was playing in a local band called Lady. Rudy already knew him, already knew he could play, and decided to give him an audition. He did the audition. He did great. Basically, got the gig. And then, um, during the writing of the album and everything, Michael Schenker calls Rudy and says, Hey, bro, you know, I'm uh, leaving UFO. I'm going to be in town. I'm on my honeymoon this and that, and Rudy says, cool, I'm in the studio, swing through. Michael swings through, writes some songs, plays on some shit, whatever it is. The details are sketchy uh, as to what exactly he did and didn't do, but bottom line, he's on the album, so is Rudy, so is Matthias. And then basically, Michael decides that he wants to stay on, he wants to do the, the tour, and uh, Rudy says, yeah, you know, of course. Having Michael associated with the Scorpions again, got a lot of attention for the Scorpions, major label attention, major media attention, and, you know, obviously it helped. As far as what Michael played on, it's impossible to say absolutely for sure, because everybody's story is different. But from my ears, I can hear Michael on um, Another Piece of Meat, Holiday, Loving You Sunday Morning is obviously Michael, Coast to Coast is obviously Michael, and Love Drive, I mean, Love Drive is basically like Lights Out from UFO. It's very much in the same vein of a type of song. To think that Michael didn't have something to do with that would be... Silly, probably. of the matter is Michael starts the tour and it's not going well either he's too drunk and too on drugs and too full of his own shit to fucking actually play and pull it off or as he says he just wasn't into it and he wanted to really go do his own thing and that's why he left either way bottom line he's gone and they fucking call Matthias and like, dude, please come back, you know, basically. So Matthias comes back, right? And they go forward. And that's now the classic band, you know, the classic band that you know and love, which is Klaus, Rudy Schenker, Matthias, Francis, and Herman Rarebell on the drums. And that is the Scorpions. That's the Scorpions that made... All the songs that made it on the charts, all the songs that they made videos for, all the songs that they, you know, play still on tour. 
Obviously, that worked out well, right? But before any of that could happen, this album, which was to become Love Drive, had to hit. It had to hit. Because the band's in a tough spot. Their best player just left. Their uh, old best player came back, and but is not really sure what his role is going to be in the band or whatever. They have a new drummer who speaks really good English and writes really dirty lyrics. So that's a new thing. And basically now that Uli's gone, Rudy knows it's up to him to write practically all the music on the record, right? Which he's used to writing half of a record. Now he's got to write like almost the whole record. But they got signed to a major label and this is their chance to make a dent in the United States. So they're in a tough spot. But it's also a great opportunity. It's like what every kid dreams about. You know, bottom of the ninth. You're walking up to the plate. Two outs. You know, bases loaded. It's on you. You win the game or you lose the game. And every kid dreams about that shit. Hitting a home run in that situation, you know. But you could also strike out in that situation too, right? Either way, it could be fucking life-defining, right? So... Basically, that's the situation that they were in. And they fucking nailed it. You know, I mean, the songs are fucking spectacular on there. From Loving You Sunday Morning, Another Piece of Meat, Always Somewhere, Coast to Coast. get enough is there anybody there love drive and fucking holiday there's not a bad song on this fucking record this record kicks ass from the very beginning to the very end and it's mostly all the music's by rudy michael threw in some things obviously and lyrics by klaus whose english is getting better now and by herman who you know he contributes the Another piece of meat type of lyrics, you know, and uh, loving you Sunday morning type of lyrics. And, you know, it becomes his trademark. The 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 vulgar things that he says, the double entendres that he uses and whatever. And, you know, basically he was the party animal of the band. So that was his style. And it's a big part of the Scorpions' identity. It's a big part of the Scorpions' DNA is to have those dirty lyrics, which is kind of, in a sense, why the Scorpions are kind of, like, done, because, in my opinion, as far as new music, because you can't really, you know, write Bad Boys Running Wild when you're 70 fucking years old, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they were pushing it at 30-something. Right now, it, it would probably fly. But back then, it flew like a motherfucker. And this was really the beginning of it. The Love Drive album. Another thing that you got to talk about when you're talking about the Love Drive album is the actual guitars that were used. Because, you know, Rudy was always a Gibson guy. Gibson Vs, humbuckers, thick, fat sound. And um, 
Uli was a strat guy, which is, you know, clearer, cleaner, sharper, but not as thick of a sound. And um, not as great for fucking hard rock as it turns out. We didn't really know it at the time because it, you know, hard rock was really just at in in the beginning stages. But we really came to find it out with the Scorpions, with Iron Maiden, with Judas Priest, who had who had all eventually gone to double humbucker style pickups. You know, at the time, um, Eddie Van Halen put humbuckers in a Strat. Um, Dave Murray put humbuckers in a Strat. Other dudes did it. Other dudes, like Matthias, just switched guitars. He had a Strat, which was, at the time they joined the Scorpions, actually his only guitar. That's how crazy it was. Because, you know, we don't think about it, but, you know, nowadays, if you live in Germany or whatever and you want a guitar, you just get on fucking Musician's Friend or on the internet or whatever, fucking, they'll ship that shit to you, you get it in a couple of weeks, you know? Uh, back then, it was very, very, very different and hard to get your hands on a good American guitar like a Gibson or a Fender. Uh, so these dudes had to wait for months and months and months to to get their order like at a shop. They paid top dollar for it. And then when they get it, sometimes it's not right. Vivian Campbell says when he got his Les Paul shipped to Ireland, they actually... They sent him the wrong thing. They sent him the wrong model, but he didn't want to wait another three months, so he just took it, you know? And there's similar stories all over Europe during this time of dudes who couldn't really get, you know, the right guitars that they were looking for. So anyway, so basically, I mean, that's why Michael takes a cherry red V and paints it uh, black and white. That's why Matthias bought the only Explorer he could find which was like a wood grain color and painted it white. You know, you hear these stories because the guitars just weren't available in Europe at that time. But Matthias, from hearing how everything sounded with Michael and Rudy together, both with humbuckers, both with Gibsons, how fat it sounded, he decided that he needed to ditch his strat and go the same route as those dudes. And so really... That's where the Scorpions guitar sound comes together is on Love Drive. And it sounds different from any of the previous albums. You know, I think Dieter Jerks caught on to that also and he fattened it up further. But one thing that's uh, evident from this point on with the Scorpions is everything has to be perfect. Because, you know, like I saw a a Scorpions tribute band uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, a couple of things were off. The mix was off. One guitar was too much louder than the other. They weren't exactly in tune with each other. That was off. Some of their timing was off on certain things. And really, they didn't sound good because of it. The Scorpions type of music, because it's so simple, simple keys, E and A, minor mostly, you know, um, the chords are the expected chords within the box. They don't go outside of the box. So, number one, you have to figure out... It always sounds right because it's in the box. But you have to figure out how to be in the box without being repetitive, without being boring, without being predictable. And that's what they do. Now, in order to do that, it has to sound perfect. The mix has to be perfect. You have to be perfectly in tune, perfectly intonated. The rhythms have to be perfectly on time. Everything has to sync. And that's, Rudy Schenker is a master of all of that. And I think that it came down from him to the rest of the band because the Scorpions always sound good. It doesn't matter. I watched a Us Festival documentary the other day and um and it was really shitty it came from a vhs tape and the sound was bad you know ozzy's band sounded like shit on it van halen sounded like shit on it but somehow the fucking scorpions still sound good 
what the fuck? With shitty fucking audio on a fucked up old recording of a VHS tape, the fucking scorpions still sound good. Because that's the sound they make. It's fucking, it's made, it's crafted in a perfect way. And, you know, that's why even though they're heavy, even though they're hard, it's easy to digest for the general public because it sounds so good. Anyway, back to Love Drive. So, the album goes gold in the United States. It's the first time that the Scorpions album ever went gold in the United States. And so, obviously, there's a tour, right? So, they go on the road, and now this band is really kicking ass live. They've got the lineup that they've been wanting and everything's just perfect they got the songs they've got everything and they just had no idea what a tour of the united states would be like you know it was nuts for them it was you know parties and groupies and drinking and drugs and just you know i mean rock star shit you know 24 7 Herman, in particular, enjoyed that very much, you know. He started writing uh, lyrics for the next album, songs like Make It Real, songs like Don't Make No Promises, Your Body Can't Keep, um, Falling In Love, which Falling In Love is like you think it's a love song, right? But it's like, I'm falling in love, happens to me every day. So it's not like really a love song. It's fucking, it's a Herman song, right? It's a Herman love song. To all the bitches, you know, not just to... So, you know, they, the Scorpions start to really fucking develop their personality, you know. And Herman has a lot to do with that. The new and improved English of Klaus has a lot to do with that. You know, Klaus wrote The Zoo, you know, which is a classic Scorpions song. And all these songs would be on the next album, which is properly titled Animal Magnetism. Animal Magnetism comes out in 1980. So this is like a year, year and a half before I'm really fucking heavy metal kid, you know. So I don't know about this yet, you know. Um, but I will pretty soon. So the album comes out, Animal Magnetism. And again, it's got a weird cover. It's got like a dude standing... He's holding a beer, he's got his hand in his back pocket, and then there's a girl kneeling in front of him, and then there's a dog. <laughs> a Doberman, I don't know, fucking weird, you know, fucking Germans, they have their fucking own, uh, whatever, I don't know, their own sense of what they think is cool or what they think is funny a lot of times, but, you know, so there it is. But the songs, again, are on here, you know, Make It Real is an awesome song. Don't Make No Promises, awesome. 20th Century Man, awesome. 
Lady Starlight is one of the best power ballads of all time. You know, um, Falling in Love, like I said, I love that song. Only a Man, that's great. The Zoo, classic. You know, so many songs on this album, and it's produced perfectly. You know, the band is together for the first time, just, you know, uh, uh, an entire unit, working as a unit, clicking on all cylinders. Rudy's just writing songs, man. And, you know, that's the thing, you know, for all the criticisms that Michael has been having of Rudy lately, you know, that he's not that great a guitar player, that he followed in Michael's footsteps, that he wouldn't have done it without my, all that kind of shit. Okay, whatever. I mean, I guess it's fair of him for him to think that or whatever. But guess what, man? Rudy writes the songs, man. You know, he wrote all these songs, except for one. And they're all hits, you know. And going forward, there's going to be more and more and more hits of songs that seem so simple. And it's like, you know what? How come I couldn't write that, man? It's so simple. Yeah, but that's the genius. That's the genius is to take those same simple chords and those same simple notes and just put them together in a way that other motherfuckers just can't. And that's what Rudy Schenker has. And that's what Rudy Schenker brings to the table and why he's an all-time great in the world of rock and heavy metal. Even though he's not that, you know, he's not a shredder. You know, he's, he's a rhythm player. And with impeccable picking technique and acoustic technique which, you know, he makes um, clear on many of the power ballads that would be his trademark going forward. people think you know oh you know they sold out you know with holiday or winds of change or whatever no you know every scorpions album has a power ballad on it from the very first album all the way until whatever the hell they're doing now you know so it's always been part of what the scorpions do it wasn't as popular at first or whatever those weren't singles at first but you know they got better at it and they've written some of the great power ballads of all time obviously again present here with lady starlight on animal magnetism so again they go on a massive tour of the united states is massively successful and for this tour they went on the road with def leppard and ted nugent and then also for some dates it was def leppard and judas priest so, I mean, that's a fucking badass concert, dude. Def Leppard, The Scorpions, and Judas Priest. 
um, they didn't come to San Diego. And like I said, I, I wasn't, uh, I don't think I was aware uh, yet of it. But um, this next year, I would be. And that was the year that Blackout came out. Now, Blackout came out in 1982. And I can remember seeing that crazy ass cover in the in the record stores. It's uh, it looks like Rudy Shaker, but it's not. It's some guy. He's like a mental patient, and he's got bandages on his head, and he's got forks in his eyes, and it's it's just a weird picture, but it's a memorable picture, you know. And when that album came out, it was shortly after that there was a video for No One Like You. And no one like you, I mean, the video was kind of stupid. It was Klaus, and he thought he was, he dream, like, it was a dream that he was in prison, and there was some chick that was, and he was on death row, and whatever. And it's a, it's a really stupid video. Like, the guards, one of the guards ends up playing, like, air guitar. Something, it's, it's really, you know, silly, as the videos were at that time. But when it comes in, it's like, da-na, wow, that Matthias, da na 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 I mean, the sound of that was fucking amazing, dude. I mean, you can't get a guitar to sound too much better than that. Matthias was just killing it by this time. He was like totally on top of his game. And, you know, Matthias, man, I mean, you know, the stuff that he does is not overly technical. It's not overly, you know, new or creative or anything. It's just badass. You know, he does the same things that guitar players have always done, but he does it with a better style and a better sound and better techniques better uh vibrato and better bends and you know um a really sweet sound but with a lot of balls you know matthias man under fucking rated and again it's got the songs no one like you can't live without you arizona which arizona who the fuck thinks arizona is the place to be but evidently herman had a hell of a party there on the previous tour so much so that he felt the need to write a love song to Arizona.
because they showed him such a good time the year before. So, you know, awesome. Dynamite's on that album. China White, Blackout. You know, and this is fucking Dieter Dirks at his best, too. Getting that sound out of that band and those performances out of that band and that mix in the studio is just perfect. So, of course, now they take that show on the road, the Blackout Tour. In the United States, they toured with Iron Maiden. They toured with Girl School. They toured with Blackfoot, I think. They came to San Diego with Girl School only, which was a bummer because they had gone with Iron Maiden and with Rainbow at other places. But again, I didn't go. I'm not sure if I just wasn't allowed to go or I might have been in Spain at the time. I'm not sure because it's right in that area. But I didn't go to that one. Um, Bummer because there was probably like, you know, the Scorpions really kicking on all cylinders and would have been really something to fucking see. But yeah, so I missed that. But again, this is a major headlining tour. Now they're touring with bigger bands. Iron Maiden's opening for them. Rainbow's opening for them. They're getting big now, you know, and part of it's MTV. They had videos for No One Like You. They had videos for Arizona. And they're getting some play, you know. Start, they're starting to play their songs on the radio and shit because... The Scorpions are a little bit more radio-friendly than, say, Iron Maiden or uh, Judas Priest or many other bands. So, they did get a little bit more help from MTV. They did get a little bit more help from the radio. And they're just really, really having successful albums, successful tour. Successful albums, successful tour. And it's about to come to its ultimate culmination and peak with Love at First Sting. Now, this is the album that made them absolute superstars. There is no, there's no other way to put it. I mean, Bad Boys Running Wild, I'm Leaving You, Coming Home, Big City Nights, Still Loving You, which is probably the ultimate power ballad of all time. And then, of course, Rocky Like a Hurricane, which is an anthem on par with, you know... Crazy Train or Hell's Bells, songs like that that you hear at sporting events, that you hear on commercials, that you hear, you know, out in the ether, not at heavy metal places, which was so rare at that time because heavy metal was kind of in a box. You didn't go outside or you didn't go outside that box or like mix it with other things or anything or especially not polite society. So, you know, when a song like that comes out, I mean, Rocky Like a Hurricane, you know, everybody knows it, you know, from my mom to my niece to, you know, my little, you know, 10 year old cousin knows Rocky Like a Hurricane. funny because when you're a fan of a band it's just another song on the record you know um obviously it, it becomes like a closer for the band and stuff like that but you don't really think of it 
as having you know the whole world impact to you it's just you know another kick-ass scorpion song but it really takes on a life of its own you know and it's still got those those herman lyrics man you know Rocky like her, it says, uh, the bitch is hungry, she needs to tell, so give her inches and feed her well, that's fucking Herman, perfect, you know, just like the year before with Dynamite, and he was talking about, uh, put my heat into your body and give you all my size, that's just, again, you can't even get away with that if English is your first language. You have to have some excuse, like, oh, I don't really speak English that well, to just put things so bluntly and so plainly and so awkwardly, but still have it sound so cool. So, yeah, man, that's, you know, that's Herman, that's the new Scorpions, that's the direction, and it's all good. And a lot of times when a band finds, you know, huge success like this, it's not an accident. It's because they tried, you know, to be more commercial or write some hit songs or add some keyboards or add some, you know, the Scorpions didn't do that. They didn't change anything. It's exactly the same formula, exactly the same types of songs, and they just did it better. You know, they just wrote better songs and and played them better and recorded them better and and just kicked everything's ass the year is 1984 and they're going on tour again and this time i won't miss it so this time they come to san diego with bon jovi you can imagine how many chicks were at this concert scorpions and bon jovi like there was more chicks than dudes it was just insane you know and that wasn't uh normal for hard rock heavy metal shows in those days and so it was um it was a treat and it was a sign of things to come you know with the hair metal era and all that but this was you know a little bit before that it was cool it was awesome it was a great show i'm pretty sure we got backstage you know that was the days of going to shows with ricky and tony and lenny so we would get backstage a lot of times and, you know, see weird shit and do weird shit. But I don't remember the specifics of it. But uh, it was a great fucking show. And it really cemented, you know, our uh, fandom of the Scorpions. And so we're in that crowd, you know, on Worldwide Live when on the songs that were recorded in San Diego, which is several, several songs. So, yeah, man. Um, Love at First Sting Tour, amazing, 1984. I would have been in the 10th grade. And so, yeah, man, hell of a time, hell of a time. Fucking Scorpions. So out of that tour, in 1985 comes out Worldwide Live, which is really my absolute favorite Scorpions album. It's a live album, uh, partially recorded in San Diego, at the Forum in L.A., in Costa Mesa, in Paris, and in Cologne, Germany. And, I mean, the songs on this record, Coming Home, Blackout, Bad Boys Running Wild, Loving You Sunday Morning, Make It Real, Big City Nights, Coast to Coast, Holiday, Still Loving You, Rocky Like a Hurricane, Can't Live Without You, Another Piece of Meat, Dynamite, The Zoo, No One Like You, Stop me when you get fucking, Jesus Christ, I mean, how, it's one of the best albums of all time, it's one of the best live albums of all time, it's one of the best albums of all time. Alright, we do some from the new album from Lava Bad Boys Running Wild!
And again, to me, it serves as a best of album. It serves as an updated version of some of the like Love Drive songs and stuff that weren't produced so perfectly and and updates it all. And yeah, man, like I said, like I said before, if I had to pick two Scorpions albums, I would pick Tokyo Tapes to represent the Uli era and I would pick Worldwide Live to represent the Matthias era. And with that, I have basically, you know, everything I need, you know, to represent the Scorpions. And Worldwide Live also came out with a video. It was um, a VHS at the time. They've updated it now. It's on DVD and stuff. Uh, if you can't find it, you know, hit me up and I might be able to shoot you something. But it's badass because, again, it has all those songs. It has some live performances. You know, it shows their interactions with the fans, you know, at signings, backstage, at outside in the parking lots. You know, it really takes you and shows you what it was like going to a hard rock concert in the mid-80s in the United States. It was, you know... Heavy metal parking lot, but, you know, not San Diego styles, a lot different than, than other styles, but still in all, it's the same. It was a rocking-ass party in 1985. Now, of course, everything's going so well, everything's been going so well, I'm expecting the Scorpions to go on and on and get stronger and stronger and stronger, but alas, it was not to be. Um, the next album, uh, Savage Amusement, it, it didn't come out till 88. So basically, you know, including the live album, it took like four years to make this record and it wasn't worth it. It was, um, you know, it had the rhythm of love on it. Passion rules the game. In my opinion, it was overproduced. They started, uh, they were still working with Dieter Dirks, but they started to also produce a couple of their own tracks, bring in other engineers and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't dig it. I don't like, I don't like those songs. You know, of course, like with everything that I ever say on here, when I say I don't like something, I could even say that I hate something, and it doesn't really mean that I hate it, it just means that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, or as other people did, or uh, something along those lines. It's, it doesn't mean that I that I hate it, hate it, like because the worst Scorpions album is still better to me than the best John Mayer album or whatever it is, you know, because it's just the type of music that I like. And I do, and you know, if push comes to shove and all I had was the latest Scorpions album, 
Well, guess what? I'm going to bump the shit out of it because, you know, it's the kind of music that I like and I'll probably get used to it at some point and like it, you know, but I just never did. Uh, I never owned this record or any of the records after this. Um, I didn't like it. The same is true of Crazy World. On Crazy World is even, that's 1990, you know, have Tease Me, Please Me, that's a cool song, and they still play it. You know, Winds of Change, which is probably their biggest song of all time as far as sales go and everything, and a great song. But, you know, at this point, shit starts going wrong. You know, uh, Francis had left um, the band. Francis Buchholz, the bassist, had left the band amid some kind of controversy. You know, it had something to do with business, something to do with the management company. I don't know if they thought he was embezzling or that the management company was embezzling and he was somehow involved or whatever. I don't know. Um whatever but he's not friends with the band anymore you know he's not you know in these um dvds that i saw where they interview the band about the old days and everything herman's there uli's there but her but uh francis is not there so um i guess that kind of tells you something about how that goes now after the crazy world album again to herman rarebell leaves the drummer and so you know, it kind of seems to me kind of like they're, you know, they're going in a different direction from what I thought would happen. You know, of course, you know, they're older than maybe than I thought or had really realized in my mind. But, um, but you know, when an old band feels the need to get younger, the first place they can go is get a new drummer. The younger drummer is going to bring energy to the band, is going to bring, you know, focus to the band, speed to the band, power to the band. And the first dude that they got was James Kotak, who's a great uh, hard rock, heavy metal drummer. He's got his substance abuse issues or whatever, but he's a great fucking drummer and he was great for them for many years. And now they have Mickey D who was the Motorhead drummer for many years until Lemmy died. And he's one of the absolute best drummers going. And they're both a good, you know, 15 years younger than Rudy. Uh, 15 years younger than Klaus. So, you know, yeah, they bring energy 
to the band, and that's fine because the Scorpions are still a great live band, you know. I still go see them. And like I say, there's really nothing more that can explain to you how I feel about the Scorpions now than to tell you that I don't have any of the albums from the last 10, 15 years or whatever, but I have all of their live DVDs. So that just goes to show you that while I'm not really interested in what their new music is, I still love to watch them kick ass. And they still do. Even though some of them are fucking pushing 70. And I never thought that that would be a thing. I used to laugh when the Rolling Stones came around. Like, you know, propped up skeletons or whatever the fuck. But I was never a Stones fan. And I am a Scorpions fan. And they are not propped up corpses. They fucking, they're kicking ass out there at a level that very few people at that age can. And, you know, like I say, I still watch it. I still listen to it. I'll still go. I'm highly considering, you know, the Scorpions have a residency in Vegas coming up. I was thinking about going, but I wasn't sure. Now I found out that Queensryche's opening. I fucking love Queensryche. So it's more and more of a possibility that I might go to that. But I'm actually like physically scared to go and find out how much tickets are because I don't want to, you know, be like, okay, 120 bucks or 150 bucks or something and just be like, yeah, no, I can't do that. Fucking old bastards ain't getting fucking 150 bucks from me, man. But what can I tell you, man? I still love the Scorpions, and this um, last few weeks of getting these DVDs and immersing myself in in them has really brought back, you know, a lot of the love for them. You know, I picked up the guitar and, you know, remembered a few old Scorpion riffs that I had forgotten, you know, coast to coast. Of course, everybody knows how to play uh, Rocky Like a Hurricane. I think it's like Smoke on the Water at this point. But, um... Yeah, man, you know, rediscovering the love, man, for the Scorpions. Great band. Uh, the greatest German band of all time. You know, one of the greatest non-British, non-American bands of all time. And, you know, I think it's a little bit of a bummer that, you know, the brothers aren't getting along. I would have loved to see them do something together again. You know, uh, they had that reunion uh, quite a few years back. It was... Uh, Uli showed up and Michael showed up, but Michael was all fucked up. He was wearing like long board shorts with a big jacket. Like he was hot, but he was cold, but he was like, you know, that's some heroin shit or something, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, I've seen Michael in every single phase of his career. Like I've probably seen Michael Schenker 15 or 20 times and, you know, I've seen him as he is now, which is perfectly energetic and sober and, you know, you know, moving around, doing backing vocals and, you know, really participating in the show. And then I've seen him, you know, curled up practically in a ball, just standing by his amp, kind of halfway facing the crowd, looking like he's in serious physical pain from, I don't know, withdrawals or something, but still fucking shredding. And then I've seen him drunk on stage. I've even seen him drinking from a bottle of vodka on stage. And, you know, sloppier, but more aggressive in his playing. And, you know, a whole different side of my... So, I've seen all of the sides. And I like them all. I love a train wreck. And I love uh, a great comeback. And I love all that shit. I love the entire human condition. And when I can see that shit on stage, I love it. You know, I, but that's just me. You know, I'm crazy like that. And I've had train wrecks of my own on stage. So that should, uh, that should let you know a little something about that. So that's it for this episode of the Metal Shop Podcast on the Scorpions. So, you know, I recommend that you dust off your Scorpions albums. Check them out again. Check out all the DVDs that I talk about. If you don't know which ones to get, Text me, and I'll hook you up, you know, one way or the other. Go see them if you get a chance. They still sound like a young band. That Vegas residency, they're going to have Queensryche opening, which is another band that's had like a resurrection with the joining of a new member. So, yeah, you know, 
check them out. Until the next one, this is me, Big Frog, and I am out. Tell you it's fantastic to be back in California!